Hello friends, welcome. So glad you are joining me for this week's episodes. I am chatting right now with my friend Kendra Adachi. You might know her as The Lazy Genius. Maybe you read her New York Times bestselling book, The Lazy Genius Way. Maybe you follow her on Instagram. She teaches you how to be a genius about things that matter to you and lazy about things that don't. And frankly, we all need that energy in our life. Her voice is just delightful to me. I have told her this so many times that I love the sound of her voice. Her accent to me is just like, mm, please narrate all the audiobooks. <laughs> Let's dive into this episode, The Father of National Parks. I'm Sharon McMahon, and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Yay! My friend Kendra Adachi is here. I'm so hello, 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 Sharon. It's so fun to be here with you. Yay! I actually really enjoy your accent very much. So if you could like crank it up to level ten, I think your accent is absolutely adorable. I need to imagine going to my grandma's and having dinner. I guess that's right. Of course, we don't hear our own accents, right? Sometimes that's I true. catch myself though, and I'm like, whoa! I, I just said that like a Minnesotan. Okay, first of all. Tell everybody uh, what you do. Yeah. My name is Kendra Adachi. I am the Lazy Genius. I have a podcast called The Lazy Genius Podcast and a book called The Lazy Genius Way. I'm on Instagram at The Lazy Genius because I'm really good at being creative in things. <laughs> hey, that's just good branding. Consistent. Yes. But mm -hmm. I help people be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't to mm. them. Because we can't be a genius about everything. No. That requires way too much focus and attention, which we don't have the bandwidth for that. You have to be lazy about some things. See, that's why I love you when I found you and I was like, oh my word, she is an absolute lazy genius because you're focusing on what matters. You're just like education, facts, and empathy. This is good. We're going to help people. We can let go of the other stuff. But also you make me sound like a genius because you have the knowledge and you're doing all the work and I don't have to do the work <laughs> to figure it out. I just listen to you and it's so helpful. Yay. Okay. I have a story I want to chat with you about today. Do you know who John Muir is? Wait a minute. I'm envisioning mountains. I feel like he's a nature dude. He is a nature dude. I think that might be all I know though. All right. Well, you're going to know more by the I time we're wait. talking about this. So John Muir, it's spelled M-U-I-R. He was born in Scotland, born in this very, very strict religious home in which, you know, all of your time needed to be spent working okay. and in which you had very little downtime, free time, the idea that you would like explore your own dreams and that kind of stuff. That was not part of his upbringing. That sounds delightful. <laughs> Possibly, his biographers have hypothesized, possibly as a response to this very, very, very strict upbringing, he was looking for um, like a little escape very quickly. He identified within himself an extreme love of nature mm. and was always trying to find little ways to like sneak off, pick some flowers, look at some rocks, be on his own for a few minutes. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about 
work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So in 1849, his family immigrated to the United States. And one of the biggest reasons they immigrated is because they felt the Church of Scotland was not sufficiently strict. You describe his upbringing. And I'm like, that really sounds intense. And then the parents are like, no, not quite. Not strict <laughs> enough. Turn it up to 11, guys. <laughs> yes, that's right. So they moved to Wisconsin. Throughout his lifetime, he always had those kind of like interest in nature, but it wasn't something that was really encouraged by his parents. So he didn't truly fall into his passions until he was 22 and went to college. He enrolled at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and discovered like, I am so interested in the natural world. I'm so interested in chemistry, in botany, in geology, very multi-passionate. <laughs> and he described one lecture that he attended where the professor took them out and they were looking at how this black locust tree was actually part of the pea family, like a garden pea. His mind was kind of blown. Yeah. Like, how? How is this massive tree like related to this like garden pea plant? Yeah. This is what he said about that lesson. His lesson charmed me and sent me flying to the woods and meadows in wild enthusiasm. It is a shame that John Muir is not a poet because that's beautiful. He that's... became a prolific writer. Nice. And has written many books, many essays, many articles. So yes, he was talented in that regard, clearly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. In 1864, the Civil War was really beginning to heat up. And both he and his brother were like, I am not interested in getting drafted. Let's go to Canada. So people have been saying that for a really long time. Since 1864. <laughs> <laughs> so both he and his brother go to Canada to cool. avoid being drafted in the Civil War. And he hiked around like the Canadian side of Niagara, the bogs of Ontario. You know, like he was just trying to learn everything that he could because he had never really been allowed to learn about any of these things yeah. growing up. While he was in Canada, Abraham Lincoln, while president, signed a land grant giving the Yosemite Valley in California mm -hmm. and the giant sequoias there to the state of California. So this was in 1864, John Muir not even living in the United States at the time. Okay. Okay. So he eventually uh, returns to the United States and gets a job in Indiana at a wagon wheel factory. I don't feel like that would make John Muir very happy. <laughs> Talk about a job that no longer exists. <laughs> I work in a wagon, a wagon wheel factory. factory. <laughs> that job is gone from America. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. It is indeed. One day he had a terrible accident at the factory where a file that he was using slipped and ripped his cornea. And then his other eye sympathetically failed <laughs> where it was like, dang, serious injury. Shut off the vision. Shut it off. <laughs> Shut off all vision. And the doctors Aww. told him, truly, your only hope of regaining your sight is to lie in a darkened room until it returns. 
I will say though, I would not mind being prescribed to lie in a darkened <laughs> room. <laughs> I imagine that probably was not super positive for John. No, that was not what he preferred to be doing with his time, clearly. And eventually after like six to eight weeks, his vision did return. He was completely blinded. Wow. And then as his cornea healed, his vision resumed and the other eye that had sympathetically failed was like, okay, are we turning back on now? All right, we're turning back on. (laughs) He later said of that accident, he literally saw the world in a new light after that accident, literally. And he also said, God has to nearly kill us sometimes to teach us lessons. Oh, that's a that's a tough one to absorb, isn't it? <laughs> so he's like, you know what? This wagon wheel factory is not for me. You know what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to go to Kentucky. And then from Kentucky, I am just going to go ahead and walk to Florida. Okay, so I'm not very good at geography, but I feel like miles. that's far. Yeah, it's a thousand miles. <laughs> Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and walk the thousand miles. And people were like, well, what route are you going to take to walk to Florida? And he said, I'm going to take the wildest, leafiest, and least trodden way I can find. Wow. I'm about to say it's too much nature, but I feel like that is not a sentence that John would have uttered. The more nature, the better. Right. He makes it to the Gulf Coast of Florida and again, gets a job at like a sawmill because that's what he can get work doing. And he's sitting on top of his boss's house one evening, watching the sunset over the Gulf. He sees a boat and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go check off that boat. And he did. And that boat was sailing for Cuba. And he was like, I'm going to do that instead. I'm not going to work at this sawmill. Let me go ahead and get on this boat to Cuba because they have plants there that I don't know about. I want to see what there is to see in Cuba. I don't feel like John Muir is a five-year plan guy. (laughs) No. So after he's in Cuba for a while, he studies flowers and seashells, you know, like things that he hadn't had the opportunity to really study before in Wisconsin. He eventually gets really sick with malaria. And decides he needs to return to a more temperate climate and gets back on a boat and goes to New York City. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. this is so not direct. This no. is like if a, you know, a preschooler gets hold of a crayon. It's like, draw, a, <laughs> draw right. a line across the map. It's all over the place. That's right. You know, I always think about, like, how much work travel was in the 1860s. Oh, my gosh, for real. He gets to New York and he's like, okay, this is also not what I'm interested in. There are no plants here. You know where I want to go? I want to see the West Coast of the United States. So he gets on a boat that sails all the way down the coast of the United States, all the way around Panama, and all the way up the West Coast. Like he took the real long way. He has to take a train. He has to take another boat. He gets off the boat in San Francisco. This is 1868. San Francisco is booming. This is California gold rush. San Francisco, one of the largest cities in the country at that time. He gets off the boat. He finds this carpenter working on a corner. He looks around San Francisco and he's like, oh, heck no. And he asks, what is the quickest way out of this city? (laughs) And the carpenter says, well, where do you want to go? And he said, anywhere that is wild. We have all had embarrassing moments where something didn't smell quite right. And if you have any children or people in your lives who have stinky toes, 
stinky feet and those stinky shoes pile up by the door of your house and then when people come over they're like um your house smells weird there's a solution for that and it is not necessarily spraying down your house with disinfecting it is taking care of the smell at the source by using lumi on places like the people in your house's stinky feet it is a whole body deodorant. It is safe to use anywhere on your body. It was created by a doctor who saw firsthand how stinky feet and other body parts are often misdiagnosed as problems when in reality, you could just use a product like Lumi and it would take care of the issue. It has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SHARON. We hear from a lot of interesting people on this podcast, and I know that I am always hungry for more. And what if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? Guess what? You can. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best instructors. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, your computer, your smart TV, even in audio modes, you can listen to it like a podcast. I know that when I watch Doris Kearns Goodwin, that first of all, I'm going to be getting fantastic information, that the production level is going to be incredible. And then I'm going to walk away feeling smarter and more informed than I was before. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Sharon. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Sharon. Masterclass.com slash Sharon. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Sharon. 
Mm-hmm. He just decided, you know what I'm going to do is walk to Yosemite. It's difficult to overstate the grandeur of Yosemite. It really is. There's nothing like it. I've never been, and we're East Coasters, yes. and we're not walking or taking the boat around <laughs> Panama. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> he got there, and he instantly fell so in love that his biographers later referred to when he arrived in Yosemite almost as a conversion experience. It was that profound for John Muir. Wow. And he decided he was going to build a cabin and he was going to live there. So he built this really primitive little cabin with his own two hands on the shores of a stream. And he constructed the house so that a portion of the stream flowed through the cabin. So he would always hear the sound of running water. Wow. He's alone, right? He's alone. Yes. Isn't that fascinating that you can just open the windows. You would construct it so that the stream ran through your house. Ran through your house, like an area rug. So he lives there for a number of years. He becomes a very big fan of the writings of Thoreau and Emerson, these writers of the American wilderness. Eventually, Ralph Waldo Emerson comes to visit him and offered Muir a job as a professor at Harvard. Cool. And Muir had never even finished college. Hmm. He was too interested in too many things and never got on one track of study. He just bounced around too much to matriculate a degree. So for him to be offered a professorship at Harvard, that just demonstrates what other people thought of him. His writings were that impactful. Yeah. He slowly became obsessed with glaciers. His obsession moved into glacier activity, and he became convinced that the entire Yosemite Valley was carved by glaciers and not by earthquakes. Some of the more prominent geologists at the time who had a lot more training than he did openly denounced him. And they were like, "Mm, John Muir does not know what he's talking about. These mountains were caused by earthquakes. They were not carved by glaciers. And then of course, John Muir discovered glaciers in the region that had been previously undocumented. He begins taking trips to Alaska and to Canada to study glaciers. And he becomes the first known European-American who visited some of the glaciers in Alaska. He's taken there by native Alaskans. And one of the glaciers was later named after him. Mm. He published some papers on the giant sequoias, which exist nowhere else in the world. Which is wild. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So he eventually, John Muir marries. He's like 40 at this point. He marries this woman named Louisa. They have two daughters. Louisa was from a wealthy family. And he agrees to manage his father-in-law's 2,600-acre apple orchard. Just be outside 2,600 acres. That feels like a lot of acres. A lot of room to roam around. Yeah. Yes. He still always loved to visit the Yosemite backcountry, however, and he would take only a loaf of bread, a handful of tea, a tin cup, and the writings of Emerson. So he, he really became obsessed with this idea of establishing Yosemite as a national park because he saw what domestic livestock in the Yosemite Valley was doing to the wildlands. He becomes very, very firm in his idea that this needs to be a national park 
so that we can preserve this, keep these sheep out of here, keep people from damming the river, preserve this pristine location. And so in 1890, Yosemite National Park was formed due in large part to his consistent and constant lobbying of Congress, constantly writing letters, you know, and he had made some friends in high places at this time. He was a world traveler. He was a well-known author. I didn't even mention how he had been to Australia, China, Japan, Africa. This man had been all around the world. His name became known. He was hired by the U.S. government to lead expeditions into mapping the 39th parallel in the Great Basin of Nevada and Utah. But he was disappointed that Congress did not set aside the Yosemite Valley. It was only like a chunk of these mountains and then separately this growth of sequoias. He wanted the entire valley protected as well because that was an integral part of this region in his mind. So he never stopped working to have Congress set aside more land to protect more of this space. Hmm. In 1892, he realizes there might be more power in numbers. Maybe I should get some other people to help me with this. All of us can do more than just me doing it alone. And so he and the president of Stanford University and some other well-placed people decide to form the Sierra Club, which has millions of members today. It's a very, very well-known and one of the oldest conservation organizations and influential in helping to create via their lobbying what are now known as national forests. Those did not exist before the Sierra Club. Wow. As the U.S. was expanding westward and we need to somehow manage all of this territory that we have won via wars, um, negotiated via treaties, just possessed because we are stronger, bought from the French. Like as we have expanded westward, we need to somehow manage all of this. And so they created what is now the Forest Service. Hmm. And John Muir was kind of at odds with the person who was put in charge of the Forest Service. The person in charge felt like his job was to manage the resources sustainably so that they could be used for commercial development. Hmm. And John Muir was like, absolutely not. There needs to be no commercial development because his quote was that the forests are places for rest, inspiration, and prayers, Hmm. and there should be no development. Listen, I know if you pick up any kind of beauty magazine or you follow an influencer, there's like a new skincare product every single day of the week, and it can be really difficult to know which ones to even try, like which one is worth your money. And if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, you might be excited to know that one of today's sponsors is OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy. No complicated routines, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. I especially like the eye cream. It's not too thick where you feel like it's going to clog all your pores, but it goes on really, really nicely under makeup. For a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase using the code SHARON when you check out at oneskin.co. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. Try one skin and enjoy younger, healthier skin without all the extra 
steps. That's oneskin.co code Sharon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is one of my favorite stories about John Muir, which is that in 1903, Teddy Roosevelt, the president, came to visit John Muir. They met in Oakland, took a train, and then a stagecoach into Yosemite. While they're in the stagecoach, Muir convinces Roosevelt to set aside more land for Yosemite National Park. Roosevelt agrees, you know what? Let's just go camping out here. (laughs) They just open air camped under the sequoias. Can you imagine a U.S. president today open air camping in the forest. No. So they open air camped. They get snowed on while they're open air camping. They wake (laughs) up covered in like a light layer of snow. And Teddy Roosevelt, I love this quote of his. He said, lying out at night under those giant sequoias, which Roosevelt had never seen before, Mm -hmm. was like lying in a temple built by no hand of man. A a temple grander than any human architect could possibly build. Hmm. Teddy Roosevelt later set aside 148 million acres of national forest and doubled the number of national parks while he was president. Wow. John Muir was very influential in the creation of Grand Canyon National Park, Mount Rainier National Park, the Petrified Forest National Park, Sequoia National Park, Yosemite. John Muir is really viewed by many as the father of national parks in the United States. Wow. I love uh, stories about people who kind of have a long game, that this was something that was building, that it was a priority, that nature mattered. And now we all get to benefit from that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because he discovered his passion, 
we now benefit. It yeah. demonstrates how much one person can do. And you have always told us, call your Congress people, call your senators, call your representatives. And it's like, John Muir was like, yeah, I know. I know, Sharon, thank you for your advice. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep pounding the president to make this park it. bigger. That's right. I'm going to force him to come out here and camp under these sequoias with me because right. then he'll see, he'll see what I'm talking about. So John Muir has so many places named after him. This is the legacy that John Muir has built, just as a little teeny chunk of the list of places that are named after him. Mount Muir, which is in the Chugash Mountains in Alaska. There is a Mount Muir in Pasadena, California. The Black Butte in California, also called Muir's Peak, Muir Glacier and Muir Inlet in Alaska. There are John Muir trails, hiking trails in California, Tennessee, Connecticut, and Wisconsin. Hmm. The John Muir Wilderness is in the Sierra Nevadas, Muir Pass, Muir Woods National Monument, which is a redwood forest. It's hmm. north of San Francisco. You go over the Golden Gate Bridge. I won't even go into all the places that are named after him in Scotland. He has an asteroid named after him. Oh, wow. But John Muir Woods in California, it's difficult to describe just how majestic these trees are. And one of the things I think is really interesting is that what has allowed redwood trees and sequoias to live for so many thousands of years is that they have special properties in their sap and their bark. And they form this protective layer where the outside of the tree can catch on fire and it will not destroy the tree. Whoa. And some redwood trees have burned for months and still not burned down. Man. Isn't that so interesting? It is. It is. And you can see in John Muir Woods, you can see trees that still growing, still healthy, but who have half of their bark completely black. From hundreds of years ago, a wildfire came through and it did not burn the tree down. Wow. Resilient seems like a small word yes. even for that. Yeah. John Muir eventually passed away on Christmas Eve of 1914. In the 1980s, Yosemite was designated a World Heritage Site. In the 90s, John Muir was on several U.S. postage stamps. Arnold Schwarzenegger inducted John Muir into the California Hall of Fame. April 21st is John Muir Day in California. Hmm. And I love this quote. As he walked into the valley for the first time, the San Joaquin Valley, as he was walking through these waist-high wildflowers visiting Yosemite, he said, it seemed to me that the Sierra should not be called the Nevada or the Snowy Range, but the Range of Light the most divinely beautiful of all the mountains I have ever seen. Hmm. What an interesting human being. We are benefiting so much now from his consistent, sustained efforts. He didn't just write to Congress one time and say, well, they obviously don't care. So right. never mind. Like he kept at it. Yeah. He kept at it. And it took a long time. Well, this was really fun. I loved this story. If someone says, do you know who John Muir is? My answer will not be, isn't he the nature guy? I will <laughs> actually right. have like information. Thank you for telling me yes. that story. That's yes. lovely. 
Tell everyone where they can find you. Say it again. Everything is The Lazy Genius. I'm on Instagram at The Lazy Genius. The podcast is The Lazy Genius Podcast, and the book is called The Lazy Genius Way. I love it. I'm the lazy genius of government. Kendra, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Sharon. Oh, I hope you'll come back. I hope so, too. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. I cannot wait to have another mind blown moment with you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast.